Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back to the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, the finest phototainment in the world. We are an irreverent look at photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, how is isolation? How you doing with that? Ah, Steven, I'm not going to lie. It's been rough. It's been tough. Uh, My wife's job has been constantly changing, modifying, self-correcting. Look at that hair light you got going on. Mm, That's sexy. I feel like I'm talking to a rock star right now. Your wife's job has been changing. Sorry, distracted by your beauty. Um, That's what isolation is doing to me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so she, she, her office closed, then it reopened at a new location uh, that was supposed to be safer, and then that closed this week. So it lasted five days. There's nothing safe anymore, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we know more people who have had the virus now, a few who have passed away. Oh, gosh, so, that's terrible. So it's getting kind of personal, kind of close to home, too close to home. Mm-hmm. Sorry, bud. So it's uh, it's been a rough week, but we're managing. We're dealing. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, things have been, you know, just just normal, normal, crappy <laughs> isolation stuff. You know, uh, we did. We took the kids out of the house for a few hours tonight and we went hiking at a local park. Um, it's like a one of the few parks where there's like wide open spaces and so you can like go and be alone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we just, we hiked with the kids for about like an hour and a half, almost two hours, somewhere in yeah. that range and, uh, wore them out. Nora actually fell asleep before like nine o'clock tonight, which is like the first Whoa. time since this isolation quarantine has, uh, started. So that's man. great. Yeah. So it's, it's been weird, dude. It's been weird because like the kids are in this weird funk and like we just found out today Indiana's not going back to school for the rest of the year. Um, yeah. And so I don't know how that affects you because your kids are both um, younger than elementary school age. But right. like my son Ian is in third grade and the next time he goes to like an actual school building for school, he will be in fourth grade. Second. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to actually, we weren't going to hold him back. We're actually going to demote him a grade between this year and next year. You're right. You got it. Way to go, buddy. I was just checking. I mean, that April Fool's joke that went viral yesterday got me for like half a second. What was the April Fool's joke? I thought everybody around the universe agreed not to do April Fool's. Um, It was that the state of Indiana was going to make everybody repeat uh, the same grade next year. Okay. Wow. Had like and a picture of Governor Holcomb, and it was that it was like concerned you because you have how many children in me, but it was like, whoa, wow, that's gonna suck for a lot of people. And then I was like, wait, what's today? What's today? Man, oh, that's terrible. I would have, uh, hmm. I don't know what I would have done if I'd received something like that. I probably would have just, just moved on with my life and not cared. Wow, <laughs> Steve. This doesn't affect me. This affects my mom and my sister, who are both teachers. So I'm all good, right? It affects my son. Does it really affect teachers? Because if anything, for teachers, it would make things easier because the students have already learned, you know, over half the material. So they're like, wow, I'm on gravy train next year, just reteaching everybody, like most of the stuff they've already learned. 
if all the students had to repeat the same grade again? What do you think happens then to the kids who are supposed to start kindergarten? They all still start kindergarten. So now you no, have they, a bloated kindergarten class with double the amount of kids. It's just like moving up through the ranks, being like double the whole time. That just I'm taking your scenario of being mm-hmm. tricked on April Fools to its logical conclusion, which is so a bloated two years to one class. Remove all kindergartners from the equation. Oh gosh, let's let's move on. Let's uh, we got some follow up. Someone who wished to remain anonymous wrote in to ask a question. Um, why is it that Dustin and I share when we've been featured on other podcasts in the Facebook group and on our podcast? Dustin, do why you want to take it, that one? I, I guess I don't understand the question. Why do we share what? Uh, that, that we've been on those other podcasts. Like um, when we do a post, like when you, when you were on a Hope Matchets podcast, do you remember that? And then we shared that mm. to the group and we're like, hey, Dustin was on another podcast. Check it out. So the the person was asking why we share that kind of stuff to the group and why we also talk about it on the podcast. Uh, We share it because we assume you love us and want more of us and we are poets and we don't quite know it. And if you don't get enough of us on the reg, you can get more of us on the elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, I share it to torture people. I just, I'm, I assume most people who are listening are hate listening to the two of us, and um, I want listening. them to hate listen to some other, other sounds <laughs> of us. You know, really, really jam those, uh, those uh, audio spikes into their ears. You know. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. So these headphones actually, uh, they have audio spikes inside of them. Yeah. Uh, specifically to amplify Stephen's. Uh, Grading voice. Yeah, sure, your words. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Um, I don't know. We share also to help promote fellow podcasters. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, who knows what you guys are into, what you guys listen to, want to listen to, want to discover. Um, So we oftentimes share these things because somebody graced us with the opportunity and the honor to... uh, think that we have enough wisdom to share to their listeners. So we, you know, want to share with you guys. When someone maybe... makes the horrible mistake of exactly. assuming we have enough wisdom to share with their listeners. Uh, like Dustin said, in all, in all honesty, it's we know how much hard work goes into putting together any guest episode that we do. And so um, we just want to share that with as many people as possible when we get asked to guest on somebody else's podcast because we know how much work they put into it and we want to help them to expand their network, maybe bring in more people who are interested. Honestly, there have been a few times where we haven't shared stuff um, that we've done because we didn't feel like it'd be a great fit. I'm thinking like when we first got started, I was on like a, a comedy show that was pretty crass that um, I did not know much about before I went on the show. And then I was very displeased with <laughs> With, with the show that I was on. And so we, yeah. we never ended up sharing that one. But mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of mm. stuff can happen. It um, can. It yeah. doesn't mean it has to. It was like, oh man, it was just bad. They, they shared a song right before I came on that was like saying, the song was basically supposed to be like a comedy song saying that there are too many women coming forward claiming to have been sexually harassed. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so obviously it couldn't be true. All these women were lying. And I was just like, well, well, I wish I had never gone on that podcast and I'm not going to share it anywhere. So there's like weird stuff like that that might keep us from sharing something. But otherwise, we're like super pumped most of the time and proud of like the uh, stuff we get to do. So, yeah. Yeah. So if somebody wants to listen to that podcast, nope, 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 nope. It's called Nope. Have you ever heard this podcast called The The Nopecast? Yeah. The Nopecast? So, Dustin, now that that we got that awkwardness out there into the universe, Mm -hmm. um, let's let's talk. What, what, What are you drinking in that, bud? I am drinking a Taxman Brewing Company Cherry Witheld Belgian Style Wheat Ale. Um, one of my favorite breweries that you turned me on to. Um, it's a great Indiana beer. Oh, did I turn you on to it? You sure did. Mm. What are you drinking tonight, Stephen? Oh, tonight, Dustin, I'm drinking a wheat ale from Upland Brewing Company. Also, another great Indiana beer. Um, this is commonly just referred to as Upland wheat, I believe, right? I feel like everybody drank this when I was younger, and now hardly anyone does. But Can we take a, a nice, quick... Nice little beer. It's smooth. It's got that good wheat flavor to it. Smooth Very wheaty. operator. Yeah. Uh, can we take a quick pause? I have a beer question for you, Stephen, a great Indiana man, Stephen Van Elk. Um, yeah, what up? Have you used uh, one of those apps designed um, to allow you to buy craft beers from breweries during this time? No, I didn't even know such apps existed. I've been supporting local for the most part, and then like Upland's local. not really local. It's Bloomington, so... I got it's this an from app the designed store. to support local breweries. Um, yes, but I've been supporting local by like, you know, Jen's been going to breweries and so have oh I. No, you times, still have so. to go. But what this does is it allows you to pre-purchase uh, beers from them and then you go and then they like bring it out to your car. Oh, nice. I like in that. In forms of like cans or growlers or however you they're doing You can't just call it. that in? Uh, I guess you... Probably for people who don't like to talk on the phone. Well, I think it's so they know how much to like make. Because so there's one brewery doing it here locally, and uh, they're only allowing deliveries uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then they make the beer. How much to make? I don't know. I was just asking you. You're the beer expert. I just thought it was a cool idea to help people support local craft breweries. It takes like two weeks for your beer to ferment after like brewing yeah. beer is like a two week long process. Just just so you know. Right. I know. They're they're not like getting an order and then making you beer and like two hours later that beer is ready. They're, they're not making beer on demand. This is a two week out process. Right. So you order it two weeks out. No. This is not what's happening. No one's doing this. They're just getting the order so then they can get like your beer together for you and bring it out. Perfect. This is something that a lot of breweries did before this happened where you could just call in. This is something I just discovered though, being able to uh, pick up my beer curbside. I don't know that there were any apps that ever did it, but I I know you could call in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Applebee's would uh, get your beers together for you curbside to go. So. 
take it home, take it home in a in a cup with a, a lid and a straw, and just uh, sip it on your drive home, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, don't do. drunk drive. Um, don't drink and drive. Um, but wow. really, don't drunk drive. Yeah. Also, that uh, Dustin. Let's Steven. move on to our main topics this week. I love topics. Dustin, the first thing I wanted to bring to your attention is mm-hmm. an article I saw on Peto Pixel. Oh, Peto Pixel. Peto Pixel. Yeah, um, it's called Potato Ireland's Pixel? most loved wedding photographer is stealing my work. Stop it. Your work? No, not my work. Uh, the the author's work, Brad Tran. So he wrote an entire thing about okay. how his work is being stolen by mm-hmm. the most loved person in Ireland and uh, photographer in Ireland and he says he was doing this because he uh, with all of his downtime because he can't shoot right now he's become somewhat of a, a sleuth online and he's been like uh, doing reverse Google searches of his images and stuff to try to see where else they might be and he found this one guy's site where the guy had stolen his photo and then the guy had also stolen multiple other photographers photos and one of the photos he found was like a newborn image and he he went through and contacted all the people whose photos he had found on this guy's site one of the images he found was a newborn photo and when he contacted the newborn photographer the newborn photographer said it's not just that image this guy's entire newborn gallery are all my images wow Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I looked into it a little bit. The guy who's apparently stealing the photos, his name is Derek Muldoon. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of him. I don't know anybody else has ever heard of him. Ireland's most loved wedding photographer? Highly doubt it. I think he's just some random guy trying to start a business. And I guess what I'm kind of wondering is like, Petapixel's like one of the biggest like things photography-wise, news-wise, on the internet. On the world. Is it really a good use of their time to just use it to allow people to bring up petty theft being done by nobodies in Ireland? Like, like if this guy was like a famous like photographer who's like going around to conferences and speaking, yeah, I see that being on Petapixel. I see that being on F-Stars. I see that being like all over the place. But this is like no one. What is going on? But can we say that now that he's on the potato pixel? <laughs> yes. He now is he has someone. more. Now he has more people who have been introduced to him than he ever would have had without this. It's now he can gosh. start speaking at conferences about why you shouldn't steal images. Or he could start speaking at conferences about how you could steal images and do a better job when you steal those images. <laughs> You know, like, so are you saying like, this is like an anti-conference for like, kind of like the dark underbelly of wedding photography or photography in general? Don't we need conferences for all sorts? I mean, (laughs) wow, Steve, I think you're, you're really starting to talk to our target demographic, (laughs) the dark underbelly of the photography community. You've, you've boiled our podcast down to what our roots are. All right. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole reason we started this podcast was to put together our own Ocean's Eleven of photo heists. <laughs> Every single guest we have on is really just an interview to see how they'd fit in with our photo heist team. Yo, Dot Photon, how's your climbing skills? Yo, Jiffy. Yeah. Yo, Brandon Wong from Photo Booth Supply Company. Why are you just naming off people who own companies or just naming off companies now? 
you could have gone to like actual photographers who have been on the show. Photographers, what are they going to do for our crew? I don't know. You said, hey, Boris from Dot Photon, how are your climbing abilities? <laughs> Climb up and he could like code his way into anything. But you could have said climbing abilities for any person in the world. Our goal is to pair up with Dot Photon and shrink the Empire State Building. Literally, Kat Echoboom White, who was on our podcast in January, said she was leaving our podcast to go to the climbing gym because she loves to climb. Like, if you're going to talk about climbing, why don't you go with someone who talks about climbing to us? Talked about climbing to us. Because Steven... Sometimes I'm losing uh, my mind in quarantine right now. I'm losing my mind. I'm I'm sorry. Have you got another job yet? Speaking of, are you like selling nail polish online or doing anything else yet? <laughs> I see that. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as <laughs> you can hand see, model? if you're watching the video, <laughs> oh my, um, my fingernails are all painted quite well. I might say, um, <gasps> oh. you know, some some uh, multicolored one hand just steel. Um, yeah, beautiful. And you can buy all of uh, Nora's finger um, colors on um, Red, Red Nora. Lane. <laughs> Nora Fingers. Nora Fingers. Yep. That's the name you're going with. Norafingers.com. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, Stephen. You even look like you got a little makeup still kind of going on in through here. Oh, no, that's just me being tired. And the, <laughs> the bags under my eyes, bro. Uh, Nora, Nora Nails. There we go. Nora Nails. That, that would have been a better one. Nora Nails. Yeah, alliteration. We got it there. The old nor nails. Oh man, uh, no, no, nothing yet. I mean, I'm I'm cleared to drive for Uber Eats, but uh, I haven't actually gotten any requests when I've had the app open. So, because uh, is your is your uh, profile picture like your nails, like doing something like you know. Mm -hmm. It's just actually it's my scruffy like facial hair, but just like. The chin, that's all. Bottom mm. lip and chin. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, I would definitely be like, I'll probably eat in tonight. Yeah. You don't know how much coronavirus is in my beard, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Dos Equis. Dos Equis virus. <clears throat> wow. Really? Still doing that? Still doing that. Oh, oh Steven. Man. Oh, doesn't, mm. doesn't, can we do some, mm. some more fake mail? I would love to do some fake mail, Stephen. So, we, we, Dustin and I, I, I think we talked about this premise a while back. We've been getting, like, emails from someone. We don't know who, but... Oh, but we know who. We do? Who? Oh, we know. Uh, oh, we do know. Okay. Oh, we know. Um, and so, this, this, this email comes from hard up for that dick <laughs> at AOL.com. And the subject is crushing on my client. So, message. Uh, one of my grooms this yeah. year is super flirty. They're like capitalizing like random letters in these words. I, I don't know how to do that. He Chris calling me with rings of questions. Few of them are re photography related. He's asked me to coffee twice to discuss wedding details. And we talked for hours both times, but not about weddings. Not He's super weddings. cute. And being around turns me into a kiddie pool on the 4th of July in my downstairs. 
which is to say wet and full of bodily fluids. Mm. I want yeah. him. Oh, How do yeah, I, I do this without jeopardizing my business? I just feel like we have something here. So it so sounds like a Dustin, true story. Dustin, have you ever mm-hmm. had your downstairs been turned into kiddie pool on 4th of July? See, we didn't, we didn't really client? celebrated 4th of July like I think a lot of other people did. Um, we grew up pretty modest where we didn't have pools, um, kiddie or otherwise. So I don't really know the alliteration that they're trying to make with this. Alliteration is when you use like all all the words in the sentence start with the same letter. <laughs> what are Grammar you trying Nazi. to say? Grammar Nazi here. Words have meaning, Dustin. <laughs> words have meaning. We're in a new era, Steve. I can make words say what I want. Right? Isn't that how it works? I guess Come so. out of a recession and you have emojis? <laughs> I guess, yeah. No. What, whatever you say, bro. Bro. Uh, no, I've not ever had uh, my downstairs turned into a kiddie pool on the 4th of July. Now, if we're talking like Labor Day weekend, that's a different story. That's like a nice ice pool filled with beers in so, the kiddie pool. What is the difference between... <laughs> Fourth of July and Labor Day weekend as far as kiddie pools go. Explain that to me first, then we can get back to the question. Uh, well, we fill our kiddie pool up with ice, and then we fill it with beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you let the kids swim in that? No, no, no. You let the kids pee in that, and you drink the beer? Is that how that works? What does this have to do with kids? It's adult I'm trying to time, get to, Steven. it's a kiddie pool. There's bodily fluids in it. So you sit uh, no. in the beer and you drink the beer? You don't, no, it's just it's a giant cooler, Stephen. <laughs> Are you just sitting in the beer with like a straw down into the pool and you're just like drinking while you bathe in the beer? Beer bathe? Beer bath? I'm a beer bather. I'm beer battered. They call me Dustin Beer Battered McKibben. Oh, yeah, Dustin, frothy. Dustin, you gotta help hard up. Hmm. <laughs> What an unfortunate name, by the way. Yeah. So unfortunate. So how are you going to help hard up? Did you say the whole email address when yeah, you read it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I don't know how I would help him or her without mm-hmm. jeopardizing their business. How would you, Stephen? Hmm. You know, I think the thing you got to do here, you got to find a way to break up your client with their significant other and then, you know, go on a date with them. Except I feel like maybe part of the draw is the unavailability of the client because, you know, they're about to get married. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe just go for it. But like, you know, secrets, pinky, pinky swear, neither one of you will ever tell. Is that a thing? And then, then like you're good, and mm-hmm. and you don't have to worry about jeopardizing your business because you did pinky swear. I mean, and that would be illegal yeah. to break a pinky swear. Mm-hmm. I mean, for starters, I would probably stop meeting him or her in the coffee shop 
um, that allows you to sit in kiddie pools to drink your coffee. Mm-hmm. I think that alone would probably clear up some of the awkwardness and um, misconceptions. Oh, like, yeah. Plus, meeting in a coffee shop, that's just like a bunch of witnesses there. <laughs> see you there and and now your business has been jeopardized by your own foolishness you know if you're trying to keep the secret you got to keep the secret unless it's like sort of like a back alley coffee shop oh Uh, yeah yeah a seedy underbelly what's what's the place they go outside of diagon alley to like do seedy stuff the malfoy's house no there's like another alley that like harry like ventures down where it's like all bad people yes yes i'm i'm familiar it's where you hadrick uh, rescues him in the first book yes. you don't yeah. remember it though no it's like nocturne oh, alley or something nocturne alley there you there's my harry potter trivia boy goodness gracious i lost that trivia game i lost that harry potter trivia game just for the record oh anyways what about melissa what about Melissa? So Melissa from a random Facebook group uh, a long, long time ago asked, mm-hmm. uh, she was just reading a post just where guess. a nonprofit claimed they couldn't pay a photographer for an event because they're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. The nonprofit is, of course, offering exposure. Those exposure bucks. Yeah. Melissa was wondering if it's a thing where a nonprofit can't hire vendors. So I thought this would actually be a good topic instead of something we just joked around about, like in the Q and A, uh, to talk about working for nonprofits. Because uh, Dustin, technically, your mayoral campaign you worked for last year was a nonprofit. Did they oh. pay you money? Uh, yes, yes, lots of money. Mm-hmm. So how did you swing that when they only could promise you exposure? How did how did you get them to agree to money? Uh, it's pretty easy. You explain up front uh, that you are not a nonprofit. You are very much a for-profit, and you need all of their profit to help them. You're helping them by taking their profit so they have none of it, and then uh, you are then compensated. Easy, right? Yeah, I think you nailed it. You got it right there. Um, I think... I, I, a lot of times back when I owned a video production company would have people come to me and ask if I could do stuff for free for them. And you were like, yes. Um, I made that mistake one time and it was supposed to be, uh, it was like a charity, like dancing with the stars sort of thing, except it was like local people and stuff like that. And they're like, Hey, can you just come in? And we want to get like a few shots of like the different people dancing. And then we'll like edit that into like a promo video for the event. Right. And somehow that turned into me saying, yeah, I could do that. Just let's you know, make sure there's like one night where I, I can come in and shoot like all the different couples while they're practicing, you know, let's schedule this out into, I had to shoot promo videos for each couple dancing that would then be played at the event right before they came out on stage as like an introduction sort of thing. But then they were okay. also using those same videos as like promotional material on Facebook in other social media, like the week of the event, um, to like build, try to get people there. And so like somehow this like short one minute long, like thing that I was supposed to be making to promote the thing turned into me basically making videos for the entire event throughout the entire, like three hours that it went on somehow. And for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So needless to say next year when they came back and asked me if I wanted to volunteer to help out again, I did say no. Um, 
But from my experience, whenever a nonprofit asks me to shoot something and they're not willing to pay me to shoot it, that's how I know they're going to try to take advantage of me. And they're mm-hmm. going to just like start asking me to shoot more and more and more things which uh, do not fall under the scope of what we originally discussed. And the next thing right. I know, I will hate my life, I will hate that nonprofit, and I will hate volunteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a common misconception of nonprofits is that they don't have money. Uh, many nonprofits have lots of money. Um, they just have to be very conscious of how they spend it. And what's really in my opinion, the beautiful thing about working for a nonprofit is oftentimes they're repeating every year. They're doing like the same thing. So if you get lined up with a nonprofit to do, you know, X, Y, and Z events, chances are you're going to do the same events every year, as long as you keep your prices the same for those events, because they aren't going to want to mess around with requoting things out because mm-hmm. they know their budget is already set for the year. They know what that event is going to cost them. So most of the nonprofits, uh, at least on the event side that I shoot for, I shoot those same events every single year because I know what they're going to pay and they know what I'm going to charge. Yeah. Plus, if they if they know what you're going to charge in advance, then when they're fundraising to try to get the funds to put on the event to raise more funds, uh, they can build that into like the cost of how much they need to raise. Correct. Um, so a lot of times, like <laughs> like last year, I was asked about shooting an event for a nonprofit, and they said they didn't have money for it that year. Right. But if I could let them know how much it costs, then maybe next year they could build that in to how much they needed to fundraise for the event. Um, And I'd still told them no, because (laughs) once you do the work for free one year, they're not going to have you come and like pay you to work in my experience the Mm. next year or the year after. Um, So I feel like you got to set those like hard limitations of, I expect to be paid for the work I'm doing the very first time. And if they have to like go out and like beg a donor or, you know, whatever, to get the money together, then that's something they have to do. Because if, if you just volunteer, they're going to expect volunteer work. And the other thing to be cautious of in the nonprofit sector is being consistent with your pricing. Um, because what I've discovered at least is that a lot of the people on one nonprofit board, you know, they will float around to other nonprofit boards. Mm -hmm. So like I'll shoot for one nonprofit and then somebody on that board or somebody's spouse that's on another board will hire me and expect me to do a similar service for them at the same rate I did it for the other one. So you have to be very conscious of like, Oh, I'm going to give these guys a break because you know, my friends are part of this. Um, because you know, then you're going to find yourself, losing work because now all of a sudden they're like, well, you cut them a deal, but you're not going to cut me a deal. And then you're like, well, just get my friend on the board for your place. And they're like, oh, we magically just got him on the board. (laughs) You see how that works on all the boards. And now your friend's LinkedIn resume looks a lot better. (laughs) And your bank account looks a lot worse. Uh, there's one nonprofit I used to work with where, uh, we would shoot video of a, an event they did every single year, and then they would pay us to edit the video. 
Mm. Um, and that was a setup we agreed to do because we believed in like what they were doing and we would have like, we would have donated money if we could have at the time. Um, so donating like three hours of our time to shoot it and then having them pay us for like 20 hours of editing afterwards was worth it to us. So it was kind right. of like we were giving them something because in return we got a lot more. Um, but then that kind of blew up the last year of my video production company of running that because, oh man, I finished editing the thing. We printed all the DVDs. We went to deliver them. The guy pops the DVD in, watches it. And like halfway through the thing, he notices he like flubbed up when he was speaking because he was like the speaker and he flubbed up and like stuttered on a line. And he mm -hmm. said he needed us to redo all of the uh, re redo the video and reburn all new DVDs because he didn't want the uh, the people he was sending the DVDs out to know that he stuttered. You say, sorry, sorry, <laughs> can't do that. Yep. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, that was a, that was a long conversation that ended that relationship forever. So, Ooh. yeah, it did not go over well. I think the only time I've ever messed, uh, we used to really push designing save the dates for our brides. And I designed the save the date and I put the wrong date on them. And then I did it again when I reprinted them. Oh, snap. How'd that go over? So I had to print them three times. Oh, man. Yeah. So that, like, hoping to make 50 bucks kind of thing <laughs> turned into losing, like, $150. And so afterwards, were you like, can I just get all the bad save the dates back, though? I'm going to make a giant piece of art out of them to remind <laughs> myself not to screw up in the future. Definitely use them as, like, things at meetings you made like a decoupage like uh double check the date sign that you hung up behind your computer in your office <laughs> yes yes 100 percent. i kept one by my monitor so that it would remind me to always double check everything before sending anything to print so i mean let's I... be honest june and july look very similar <laughs> yeah yeah they do uh doesn't i've got a question for you Steven, I have an what, answer for you. What do you do if you're hanging out with the bridesmaids or the groomsmen and the conversation gets a little bit uncomfortable? Hmm. Uh, I, I mean, you know me, Steve. I thrive in the uncomfortable. Normally, it's me creating the uncomfortable. Um, but sometimes you just kind of roll with it. Uh, we had a wedding a few years ago where the bride and all of her bridesmaids were um, gynecologists and that it was, sounds like it'd be get real uncomfortable real fast and at the time corinne was pregnant and so all they were talking about was um birth and babies mm. and I made the comment, yeah, I, when we picked our OB for our firstborn, you know, I looked at our doctor and the first thing I said was like, oh, small hands. And one of the bridesmaids said to me, cause like in a man's mind, I'm thinking like small hands, easy to get in there, get the baby, pull the baby out. What the f and one of the bridesmaids turns to me and she's like, oh, actually, like, men make the, some of the best OBs because they have really big hands so they can get in there and get, you know, the baby better. And I'm just like, hmm. 
this Brian went, was like, actually, actually, I like to just bring like a catcher's mitt. <laughs> Use that to get all up in there and get that baby. Do you know how mm-hmm. gigantic the, the vaginal opening is going to get? So, yeah, you, you can get a lot of, a lot of hands in there. Why is anybody... <laughs> Why is it, why are people putting hands in there? Don't we have like tools now? <laughs> Don't we have vacuum cleaners? Have we not evolved past the point of hands? Yeah, I remember when we were in Africa, um, they used like a vacuum cleaner with like a suction to like go on top of the baby's head to help guide the baby out of the birth canal. Okay, that that sounds interesting. Yep. Apparently, that's how that's how it was done back in the day, and that's how they still did it over there. Except back in the day, I assume means before electricity existed. So it was just like somebody with a giant big straw, just like sucking really hard. Like they're like, "Hey, hey, somebody go wake up Matumbo. We need him to grab the hose. We need him to we need him to huff some f- embryonic fluid." Okay, oh, speaking of uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> oh. Why, Steve, have you had an uncomfortable conversation with a bridesmaid or a groomsman yet? I mean, with groomsmen, it typically is uh, normally, at least here in Indiana, starts to head in the direction of politics or some sort of uh, racism or sexism. And then I just sort of like backpedal out of that. Those all sound like Fort Wayne problems. I've never experienced that sort of stuff in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, you should get out more. <laughs> uh, the only time, I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but there was like one, there's one time I was shooting the groomsmen and a dude just like showed me his phone and it was just like, check this out. And it was just like, like a pornographic gif. And I was like, what the f- may have dropped the F-bomb there with those guys. Um, that was real awkward. And then I just kind of was like, all right, guys. So I think I've wrapped it up in this room and I'm out. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, I was very uncomfortable in that situation. Um, and I very much wanted to get out of there. So, yeah, yeah. I just did. I just did. I just got out. I mean, I was uh, definitely uncomfortable in the wedding I did in Mexico a while back um, where I was shooting video with a longtime friend of the show, Jason Mann, and the bride was literally uh, sending scandalous text messages to another man while we were photographing. Like, she was, like, in a massage, and... (laughs) I'm sorry, in the photo she was in the massage? Or like she was getting a massage and you and Jason were there with her? She wanted photos of her getting a massage. And so Jason and I got a massage, which sounds much more awkward than it is. It is, yeah. We're at an all-inclusive resort and the package came with a free massage. A couple's massage that you and Jason took. Yeah, got yes. it. Yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, he checked on her and he was like yeah she totally was like sexting with another guy that's the same wedding where the groom ended up like throwing his ring in the pool by the end of the night i think i've shared this story before Mm -hmm. yeah wow that's that's rough rough yeah Mm. speaking of mexico that's where i'm supposed to be tonight shooting a rehearsal dinner for a wedding tomorrow 
Oh, but I'm sorry about that. Yeah. That, that, that wedding gets shut down by the Rona. Shut down by the Rona. We're supposed to do a Zoom uh, margarita toast or tequila toast to the bride and groom tomorrow. Like Virtual. just you or like all of our guests? All of the people who are supposed to be there. All of the so, bride and groom's very best friends and also their photographer, Dustin. Yes. Man, that's, that, that won't be awkward at all. I like to think I'm everybody's best friend, Steve. Hey, guys, this is my Aunt Betty. This is my mom. This is my grandmama. Uh, this, is, this is my soon-to-be spouse's aunt, grandmama, grandpa, dad, stepdad. Uh, and then we're we're just like, so glad to be here. Everyone get together. Dustin, Everybody get together. Dustin's here with us. I'm taking screenshots. <laughs> Let me rearrange your Zoom boxes. <laughs> Got to get these photos so I can not have to refund the wedding package. I get need together. all of these screenshots of you guys on just a salad color background that does not match like the color of whatever shirt you're wearing or your skin color. Um, so, yeah, let's get this done. I think my background is too white. Yeah. I mean, I complained a lot before we started the episode about how terrible I thought your whole setup was, but... We, we we could start talking about that again. Dustin is currently podcasting, and he has, like, a computer in front of him with, like, a camera that's just set up, capturing his gorgeous face. You can see mm. part of his infinity wall behind him. You can see what looks like a light stand and a light on, an, on another light stand, and then you can see, like, some pallets behind him. It's got this, like, really cool industrial feel, and you just kind of feel like you're in the studio chilling with D-Mac, you know? And then, like... He has a camera set up to the side, pointed no, at him ahead. from like a side angle, nope, and ahead. it's like the lighting's really dim in the place where he is. So in order to get like his face exposed properly, like the infinity wall behind him is all blown out, but also like the lighting is a little bit tungsten, but he didn't white balance for that tungsten. So like the, the infinity wall isn't just white. It's kind of like a yellowish white. And uh, I mean, this is just what I'm seeing in the Facebook live right now when I glanced over. So that's mm. that's kind of the setup we got going on as professional photographers. I, on the other hand, am in like a completely dark room, a cave. Um, cave. I have two lights on either side of my computer and then a light behind me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. setup on both ends. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I, I mean, every so. time we do this, I'll have it a little bit more dialed in. I, I can't wait to see what it's like when it's more dialed in or just dialed <laughs> in at all. <laughs> It's a little easier to dial in when you have a second body here to stand in where you can mm. uh, move things around. You couldn't get one and, of the kids out here? <clears throat> yeah, at 11.30 at night. Oh, Dustin, let's, uh, let's do some Q&A. But before we do, um, mm -hmm. do you want to read off a five-star review? We haven't done that in a while. I would love There's to read one off a... in the show notes right above the topics. If you just want to read that yeah. one. Yeah. G give me your best, uh, <clears throat> your best Indiana man voice. My best Raymond Hatfield voice. I mean, it's just our Hatfield on uh, Apple podcast. So, I mean, you, could you tell anyone. me. Yeah. Could be, could be. A, could, could be Rhonda, Rhonda Hatfield. Could be uh, Raymond Hatfield who runs the beginner photography podcast, which is a very good show. He actually had one of our past guests, Gary Hughes on recently. It's a great episode. But, I mean, mm -hmm. this is just a random R. Hatfield. So, 
What if it's like first name, middle name, last name's Atfield? <laughs> so it's like Rhonda Harmony Atfield. Yeah. That's great. Saying, so read that anything. like Rhonda Harmony would now. Come on. <clears throat> this is uh, titled The Day After Podcast. Okay. <clears throat> Remember, in high school when you would go to a party and the next day you and all your friends would sit around and talk about what happened at that party from the night before. And sitting around talking about that party was oftentimes more fun than the actual party itself. Well, let me tell you, that's exactly what it's like listening to the wedding photo hangover podcast i mean that is really high praise and i'm very thankful for it but also it sounds like Mm -hmm. maybe the parties that Rhonda harmony atfield went to in high school were kind of lame yeah or maybe maybe their day after friends were just super cool maybe Mm -hmm. we should go the second one since that's what we were compared to is the day after friends yeah so super soups cool. Got it. All right, bud. You want to do some Q and A with me, Stephen? I thought you would never ask. Q and A, me baby. Let's do some Q and A. But, but Steve, Betsy from a random Facebook group. Advice needed. My cousin had maternity photos scheduled at a park and the photographer rightfully canceled due to the stay-at-home non-essential business order in place here in O-H-I-O. Right? You there? Mm -hmm. No? Okay. Which was just extended until May 1st. She's due the beginning of May and called to see if I could do her maternity photos for her at my property, which is out in the country. I've been extremely cognizant of following the orders in place and also have a moral dilemma as my boyfriend is a first responder. I should also point out that my cousin is a nurse and is working at the hospital until her due date. I want to respect our government's orders, but I also feel bad because she so very much wants this for her first pregnancy. So, DMAC, how do you guys feel about doing a portrait session on a private property during this time? Uh, honestly, Steven, it's been really tough um, because even though with everything going on, we're still being asked to take photos. And um, I mean, financially, you want to. You want to generate that revenue, generate that income. So I am taking extra precautions and being super cautious and taking extra sessions. Taking extra precautions, being extra careful, also extra sessions. Is that what I heard? Uh, like, so for instance, tomorrow we have a couple who wants to do like a photo for their save the date. We're, we're delaying their, their full engagement session, mm-hmm. um, but they're getting married this August. And so we agreed that I would go out and just take a photo with my 135. And so they have a picture. Mm-hmm. Just a photo. One click. One click is all they it takes. Me, they call me one shot McGee. 
McKibben. McGee? McKibben. No. See, now I don't remember. Now you don't remember how many shots you take. What if the one shot you take, their eyes are closed? That's too bad. That's all I agreed to. That's all I charged for. One shot. I'm putting in a 512 megabyte card, shooting full raw, and they get one click. (laughs) One click is all it takes. Oh, Betsy, Betsy, Betsy. Could you, could you maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, I'm going out on a limb, could you maybe convince your cousin to get her boyfriend, is that what she said? Yeah, you get your cousin's boyfriend to uh, go out onto their property, and you could do like a Skype session in and just tell him how to shoot it. So then she still gets those maternity shots she wants, but you also aren't, you know, breaking that stay-at-home thing. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about that? Like now, like we are direct to consumer um, people here as photographers. We, you know, we sell direct to consumers. What if instead of you know, we can't obviously sell photos right now because we're not allowed to leave and go out. What if we start coaching instead of other photographers, like so many people are trying to do? What if we start coaching clients and we just train our clients to do better photos? You know, you Skype into me, $75 for one hour. I'm going to teach you to do those photos nice. Get your iPhone out. Get your your Google Pixel out. We're going to do this. I'm going to teach you how to do it up right. I'm going to teach you about that window light, you know? I'm going to teach you about that ISO. Whoa, whoa. Getting a little bit too complicated there, buddy, you know? (laughs) We're talking cell phone photos. In search of Oprah? I-S-O-O? ISO? <laughs> Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. Wow. Um, Betsy, don't go out. Stay home. Uh, Kenzie Ray McMullen asked earlier today Stay in the home. Facebook group, uh, how thick with two C's will Steven's mustache get by the end of this pandemic? Mm, have you ever seen a 70s pornography, Kenzie? We'll wait. She's watching live right now. We'll wait for her response. We'll just leave a bunch of silence in while we wait. I'm vamping right now so that Kenzie has time to tell us about whether or not she's watched a 70s pornography. So, Kenzie, just, you know, go ahead, get on your little Facebook, tappity, 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 tap, and type it in. Your response. All right. Well, she's doing that. Dustin's going to tweak his lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I don't know, Kenzie. I want to shave it off. I want to shave it off right now. I want to shave it off so bad. Um, it's getting to that point where like you can kind of like feel the mustache like every time you do that breathe. one more time with the the colored nails. It really brings a certain ambient. Oh, you, yeah. you can feel the mustache yeah. every time you breathe. Every time uh, you eat anything. Every time you just think about mustache, like. You know, and oh, Kenzie finally gave us a response. She says, LOL, no, she's never seen a 70s porno, Dustin, but she does know what you mean. Wink. I added the wink. Mm, Wink. I felt the wink. (laughs) I felt the wink when I was reading it, too. Wink. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm. Yeah. So, Kenzie, I also have no idea what a mustache on a man in a 70s porno looks like. Wink. Um, But (laughs) I think we can all. Imagine Burt Reynolds. Um, yeah, that's oh, where Mr. I'd like Burt to see Reynolds. it go. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah yeah you know give me give me a good like a uh, tom Selleck. you know are you Ooh. growing the chest hair out too i can't um wow and kenzie says she wants my mustache to look like ron jeremy oh yuck ron, and a yuck, i want yuck. it to look like ron burgundy mm-hmm. yeah uh dustin are you gonna grow out your facial hair sorry i lost you for a second say that again are you gonna grow out your facial hair at all what are you doing with that with that glorious uh, glorious I, face uh, i grew it out and i've already shaved i uh, shaved this morning so not growing it out <laughs> when you shave it that that's not growing it out I uh, see I've been doing more and more of these live videos for other people and so I need to constantly be looking good and manicured and beautiful um, so I've been shaving my whole body um, so that in case this pandemic gets really bad I have a pod in the uh, basement that I can lock myself in and be retrieved in 25 years mm, I love it yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, I mean, maybe you could take like some of the, the hairs and like, uh, you know, clone yourself or maybe just, you know, you're shaving so much instead of like throwing the hair away or washing it down the drain, just maybe start saving the hair. Mm-hmm. And now you're like making hair dust in. Uh, so, I was actually thinking we could make pillows and sell them on Etsy. Yuck. So much <laughs> yuck. Oh man. James Kelly asked in the Facebook group earlier today. Um, and if you're watching live if you want to ask a question, we will prioritize that. James Kelly asked in the or Facebook group we? earlier today, why don't you like Creed and Nickelback, Stephen? Dustin, do you want to take this one? <laughs> Stephen loves both Creed and Nickelback. He just, oh. uh, for the sake of our listenership, pretends not to like them. But he actually has a Creed tattoo on his low Dick. back. What, uh, yeah, back. What, what, what was I even saying? You know, it's like... You were, I think you were saying you have a tattoo of a dick on your back. Scott Stapps, that's <laughs> With correct. With an arrow pointed down. <laughs> it's just lots of weirdness there. Um, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's it's my cross to bear. I have to pretend not to like those very good bands. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, so many people dislike nickelback and creed and i i'm just that guy who like he wants to fit in he wants to you know go with the flow so i'm just out there all the time like nickelback's my favorite take a look at this photograph bitches you know and uh i feel like people really dig that they're really they're really kind of grooving my counterculture vibe that i'm giving off i think steven what you're trying to say is you're trying to say can you take me higher to the place where blind men see can you take me higher to the places with golden streets oh gosh rachel from a random facebook group asks anyone else have an out-of-state shoot in the next month i have an engagement shoot and i'm equipped with an rv for work but when i put this on my facebook feed i got a lot of panicked answers what should i do recreational vehicle uh, I thought it was a thought it was like some sort of a certificate allowing them to work. <laughs> it's kind of like a it's like a trailer, except instead of like having like a truck that pulls a trailer, like the trailer has like an engine and a steering wheel, and like it drives itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what an RV is, Steve. I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just checking, you know, I, I grew up in the Elkhart Goshen area where the, uh, RV motorhome hall of fame where is. Where they make them. 
Yes, also where they make them, but more importantly, where the RV Motorhome Hall of Fame is, which I can only imagine. It's just, it's, it's not seeing the numbers it used to see as far as people traveling there to see all those good, good RVs and motorhomes throughout time immemorial. I'm afraid that you I don't know how that museum is going to hold up. Um, if you, if you live in the Elkhart or Goshen area, or maybe if you're just a fan of RVs or motorhomes, consider jumping on the good old interwebs and uh, doing doing a Kickstarter or something to to help the RV Motorhome Hall of Fame get through this this difficult period of time, which I'm sure that is an orga- a nonprofit organization, which would love it if you worked for free for them and give you exposure, and definitely mm. not something that the RV and motorhome companies in that area put together to show off their own things that they made. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's probably all on the up and up. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. It's definitely mm-hmm. not a giant sales convention. So what should Rachel do? Should she go out of state for a shoot in the next month? Uh, it's an engagement shoot. I would say considering weddings are getting canceled. I mean, it all comes down to your own personal belief system and how much you want to spread this virus or contract this virus. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say no. Um, we have engagement sessions at the end of May that we're even, you know, not sure if we're going to even do those because those are out of state and require flying. Mm, but she's got an RV. She can drive it. Mm. Like I said, it comes down to how safe you feel and how safe you feel you know, in terms of this comes others. from Dustin, a man who is currently still going out door to door, house to house, licking refrigerator doors. I mean, uh, shooting, mm. shooting, um, that, that real estate stuff, um, spreading, sweet, spreading, sweet. spreading the Rona all over Fort Wayne. Don't be Mr. Rona doing the grim re- reapers work up there. Show Rona. Show Rona. I don't like how much you like this. You should, you should feel shame when I do this to you. I don't, I don't like that. You're like, feeling glorified by this um yeah so oh rachel you just gotta you gotta you gotta take a good hard look at yourself and think do i want to be a steve or do i want to be a dustin do i want to be a bright soul that's my halo that's my halo i'm actually broadcasting to you from heaven Uh, but if we could um rachel um one thing you have to look at is your state. Do they have some sort of mandate that says you're not allowed to go out and work unless you're part of an essential work sort of situation? Because if your state has something like that in place and you try to leave in your RV to go do a shoot somewhere, um, you could be getting slapped with a fine depending on what state you're in and uh, how much things change between now and then. Um very I know true. some some countries are doing like fifteen hundred dollar fines for people who are leaving like to go out into public and not social distancing and stuff. I don't know that any states have gotten that drastic yet in the U.S., but mm-hmm. as things get worse, it could happen. So, I mean, somebody gotta called keep the that cops on us. Uh, when was it last week? Because we were at a playground. A community playground, like one of those kind that are like in a Which neighborhood. Which is the place you are not supposed to go right now. This Playgrounds week, are bad. Yeah, week ago. Um, and yeah, somebody 
pulled by in their minivan and called the police. Wow. Uh, Should have called the police on you and they saw you going to fly your drone, um, you know, a few streets over without, mm. you know, having it in your line of sight. But, you know, whatever. Uh, to each their own. I had it in my line you know, of sight. I was cop, on top the, of my roof doing it. The cops are going to get you one of these days, and uh, we don't know what they'll get you for, but we will know when they get you that you deserve it. Um, as long as I can still broadcast you live. The other thing, Rachel, to consider is if it's out of state, the states you might have to travel through to get to the state where the shoot is might also have uh, different rules and laws in place by the time you get around to the shoot. It would be safest, especially it's an engagement shoot. Like you can do an engagement shoot whenever, like just, just, you know, postpone that till a later date. It's not a big deal. This isn't like a once in a lifetime wedding. This isn't a proposal, like events that only happen once. Like it's an engagement shoot. You could, this is an engagement shoot is literally a couple's portrait session. You can do those whenever. So I don't know why you would risk your life, risk your client's lives, risk the lives of everybody you yourself might see after that and your clients might see after that um, just to do a shoot that could be done whenever. Which is actually something I've said to my clients on multiple occasions before the corona thing happened. So do you encourage most of your brides to do them like the day before the, shoot, the wedding or something? I'm like, yeah, uh, let's let's meet up. 7 a.m. Uh, as the sun's rising, we're going to mm-hmm. do your engagement shoot, and then you guys can split up and go get ready for the wedding. <laughs> like, oh. after that, I'm like, there's there's no sense in, you know, bringing more danger into our lives. There's car travel, you know, there's diseases, um, you know, yeah. people people get burglarized and robbed and held up and all sorts of crazy right. stuff. It's a crazy world we live in, you know? Why would you take any chances? Uh, why would you not take all the chances, Stephen? <sighs> Yolo, you only live once. You ought to look out. Yeah. <sighs> That's why, bud. Gene from a random Facebook group says, if you got an inquiry for a date an three weeks from now, would you take it? Yes. Dustin, you're a married man. You're going to go on a date with someone in three weeks? Three weeks from today or three, three weeks, weeks from today? In general. No, this was asked like yesterday in a random Facebook group. So this is three weeks from yesterday. I mean, I have made the comment if you were a courageous individual with zero um, care, um, now would be a great time to get a bargain wedding if as long as you only want 10 people. Yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, this is why Dustin's going to hell, Um, but... Or heaven! mm, Cannot stress enough how much that's not true. Um, (laughs) Heaven! (laughs) I personally don't think you can take an inquiry for a date that's three weeks from now in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Our schools are shut down in Indiana for the rest of the year. Uh, Most counties I know aren't issuing marriage license right now unless you have like some sort of special need for a marriage license. Boom, Steve. Um, so I don't know what's going on marriage in your state. Let's make them. We're issuing, you heard it here first, official wedding photo hangover marriage licenses. It's fake marriage licenses. That's what you want to, you want to start a business you want to start a business creating forgeries of government documents. Uh, no one's using the word forgery, Steve. I just did. 
I knew you were the perfect business partner for this venture. <laughs> Cody Wiseman from our very own Facebook group. Does one use Sprout Studio as their business management and gallery software? If not, what do you use with business management? Uh, so when you say business management, I assume you mean something similar to like a CRM, client relationship management software. Um, that would be it, my bro. Uh, Steven and I both use HoneyBook. Um, it's a great, great software. Great friend of the show. Um, Cody, you can always... Do you always, have an affiliate link now? Because you know I don't uh, use Cody, HoneyBook. You, you so. always can let us know. We have an affiliate link that we can give you. hooks you up like, I don't know, 100% off. We um, have an affiliate link or you have an affiliate link? Let's just be clear we, here. Who has the affiliate link? has HoneyBook has an affiliate link. So I assume both of us have them. Oh, wait, Steve, do you not have HoneyBook? Jen and I use a program called Pixify for all of our business management. It's our CRM. Uh, Jen spends most of her time. Jen's the one who spends most of the time in there. I get in there infrequently, and I frequently have to ask her for help with stuff. It's a great program, but it's it's not the easiest thing. There's There's a pretty steep learning curve there. So if Sprout Studio is working for you, like, yeah, go for it. Gallery software, Jen and I use Pass. Kenzie, um, I'll get to your question, Kenzie. Um, yeah, but what I've been wanting to do in this time of lockdown quarantine is actually improve upon my client relationship management software. There is no better thing, in my opinion, you can be when doing. When you're not ducking the federales as you're breaking the uh, shelter at home rules, right? Yes. Okay, just wanted to clear that up. Steve's implying that I sneak down to Mexico to take pictures every day, and uh, I have to avoid the federalities. Build Trump's wall. Keep Dustin in America. (laughs) Don't let him out. (laughs) Gotta build that wall to keep Dustin in. That's uh, literally Trump's uh, re-election campaign slogan. Keep Dustin in. Keep Dustin in again. Oh, make uh, Dustin so, great again. Keep him in. So, Dustin, did you want to get to Kenzie's question? Kenzie asked just now. Let me throw her question into the feed because I think it is a good one. Kenzie wants to know: Are we, Stephen and I, going to enter this year's shoot and share contest? Being that we are both locked in in our cells of podcast glory and um, with nothing better to do than enter the largest photo contest in the world. I don't know why anyone would enter. I'm just going to throw it out there. I've entered before and uh, all I can say is, so I'm I'm in the shoot and share group and um, you are the shoot and share group. You literally are the group. And we're friends with people who work for pass. Um, one of our past brides works for pass. Um, so, you know, they're the people who do shoot and share, right? Pass. Um, show it, show it. Oh, but aren't they all the same company? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so I, I probably shouldn't throw shade at it, but I am going to. Um, you're if you're in like the shoot and share group on Facebook during the shoot and share contest, it's just people like posting stuff and they're like, 
oh, I left the shooting chair contest up and my, my dog walked across the keyboard and <laughs> voted a bunch for me. And you're just like, mm-hmm. what's the point of this thing? Other people are like, I let my three-year-old vote today. And it's just like the idea behind the thing when it first started was like photographers are voting on photos that they think are good. And so you can kind of get like an idea of like what's popular in the photography world, not necessarily what's good in the photography world, but what's popular. Um, but then you have like, I don't even I don't even that think it's that and voting for yeah. the bad photos just in the literally, hopes that their yeah. photos raised to the top. Yep, literally I see people who say I just go through and I vote for the first one that pops up or whatever like the upper left corner or whatever every single time until I see one of mine and then I vote for mine and they're like that's what I do and I just I don't think it's a good system. I think the only thing it does is it kits a lot of people on the shoot and share site it allows uh show it pass whatever that thing is to um say hey we've got new things like vv uh they're like animoto competitor that came out the other year which they allowed everybody to have like a free video of their shoot and share stuff made by vv that year um so it's like it's a very great marketing tool for them we're not getting anything out of it as photographers. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a great, it's like, the, it's probably the best marketing tool for them because now they've harnessed all the photographers in the world's information to then, and then by entering the contest, you're giving them access to use your photos mm-hmm. to market themselves. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. It's very beneficial to them. It's not very beneficial to you. And one of the biggest things I see every single year um, in the shoot and share group and in other Facebook groups that I'm in are people complaining about the mental stress and anguish that the shoot and share contest puts on them because they feel like they have to keep voting and they feel like they're on there voting for a long time. And then when they don't see their photos make it to the next round, they feel heartbroken. Um, And when they don't see their photos in a current round while they're voting, they feel heartbroken. And Mm -hmm. I I just hear these really, really sad stories and a lot of them all across the web. So I honestly don't think it's good for your state of mind, for anyone's state of mind. I think it's a net negative as a contest for the industry and for individual photographers. Net negative. Just for you, I will enter a photo. I might enter. I might not. I don't know. But I don't think it's a great thing. Last year, I think I entered a few photos and I don't think I ever voted once. It's just, it's not, every time I get to the voting thing, it just feels icky because I know what I'm really doing is I'm looking for my own photos. And it's just like, I don't know. I I feel like there's more value in like what, uh, what like the PPA does with their contest system where like you get like judged by judges and stuff like that, then there mm-hmm. isn't something like shoot and share. Um, so St- Steven, why don't we do this? Why don't we start doing a live photo critique? Nope. Wedding photo hangover style. No, nope, that's poison. Molly Maher from our Molly very Mayer. own Facebook group says, looking for advice from people who have been in the game longer than me. I've seen a lot of other photographers doing it and I just need to know. At what point should I join an MLM? And how do I know which one is right for me? Help! That's probably the easiest question we've ever gotten, Molly. The best MLM is the Wedding Photo Hangover Challenge Group. Um, You buy challenges from Steven and I, and then you sell those challenges to your friends. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Explain how this works. And uh, my PayPal is probably Stephen Richard Van Elk. <laughs> I mean, uh, our, our PayPal is Wedding Photo Hangover. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Stephen one, though. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so it's simple. You, you buy the challenges from us, then you sell the challenges for twice as much to your friends. And then they sell the challenges uh, for triple to their friends and then so on and so forth. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's by far the easiest way to go about it. Um, but I and mean, if I were you getting... sell, the more you raise up in the challenge ranks. Okay. Okay. This is, this has gone far enough because you haven't actually said what a challenge is. All of these MLMs actually I have like a product what the that they sell. Is no, you gotta give them up. a taste. You gotta give them a taste of that first challenge, bro. Um, first challenges is sell 10 challenges. If I were getting into an MLM, if I were getting into an MLM. I've been looking for an MLM that one says it helps people, two like can't be bands. proven to actually help or not help people. <laughs> and three, um, one that not a lot of people are in yet, because the main thing with MLM, MLMs is you gotta get in at the beginning. That's how you make all that money before that MLM goes bankrupt or gets sued for fraud or whatever. Um and, uh, you know, you really, you really want to get in there real quick, mm-hmm. real fast. You got to hit it hard and, um, you got to be careful who you're hitting. So basically what you want to do with any MLM is you take a look at everyone who would be a possible client for you in the photography world and you scratch okay. them off your list. You're never contacting them for the MLM. Now you look at everybody else out there who has shunned your photography and never hired you, <laughs> never recommended you. Those are your MLM clients because you don't want to do a fraudulent MLM and then lose all your photography clients. And then you have an MLM business that's not really a business. You're just like a sales consultant for some company that's tanking and going under while you're also tanking your photography business. So, you know, you do you do the photography and you do that well and then you do the MLM to a different set of people. What about an MLM, Stephen, that caters to MLM people. That's like every prod- MLM. That's like literally a- every MLM caters to other MLM people. You know who the best MLM clients are? It's people who work for another MLM. They're like, oh my gosh, you sell Thrive? Let me tell you about Tupperware or about Avon or about uh, Monate or uh, what is it? Essential oils, you know? And they're just like, yeah, that sounds like a great product. How could I buy some of that? And how could I also start selling underneath you? Your, Your main target with any MLM is other MLM associates. Steven, my goal is to just sell under you. Uh, yeah, you know? I mean, I want you under me too, bud. So <laughs> You're so funny. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect, we're at Wedding Photo Hangover on Instagram. Dustin, my man, is at Dustin underscore McKibben, and I'm at Stephen Van Elk. We have an awesome Facebook group. You should join. Just search for Wedding Hangover. Mm-hmm. If you want more content, head over to the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash WPH or go to stevendustinsavetheworld.com, you know, whichever one makes you feel better. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. 
That's right. Next week after you shoot another, another wedding. wedding. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, man. Dustin, what's getting you through these hard, hard times? Um, I quit my diet. Nice. And nice. Uh, I like that. It's a great Corinne first step. has been doing a lot of baking, and <clears throat> that's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Also been doing a lot of drinking. Ooh, yeah. Tell me more. What you drinking? You, you bust into the uh, the other Pappy Van Winkle you got there? I almost did um, the other day, and then I chickened out. Oh, and man. instead, I opened the yellow. It was when I did that live. You opened the Yellowstone. I opened the Yellowstone. Oh, how'd you love that? Which is that? so good. Oh, so gosh. good. Yellowstone is my favorite, favorite bourbon. No, I, I like it better be than the Pappy favorite. that I tried when I was at your house. Yeah. I agree. So good. Um, what else are you doing, bud? What are you doing with the kids? Uh, with the kids, uh, we are thinking about tomorrow's goal is to investigate buying a playset for the backyard. Um, because we've uh, stopped letting them play with the neighbors. And that's Same been really season. hard on on them. Um, we're letting them like ride bikes separately in the cul-de-sac, just not like touch or be near each other. Um, which if anyone out there has four-year-olds knows that that's next to impossible. So I'm thinking if we have our own play set in the backyard, at least for some time, it will distract our own children long enough to not ask to go next door and play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's going to work. I think they're just going to ask if they can uh, invite their friends over to your playset. But I'm honestly just going to say, Jen and I were looking at getting a playset and decided to get a bounce house instead for our kids. And that just came in the mail today. It was supposed to be an Easter gift. And I think we're going to give it to mm. them early. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, our, ki- our uh, Crin's cousin has a bounce house in their basement. And our kids have been like begging because we normally, they would go over once a week and play with them. And obviously that's not happened. Yeah. But yeah, we, when we built this house, we planned on at some point doing a play set, but then I was kind of like waiting because our neighbors talked about doing one. <laughs> and so I was like, Ooh, if they put one up first, then maybe I won't have to. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pull the trigger and do it yeah but we'll see we'll see if it actually comes to fruition what kind of uh, bounce house did you guys get it's like a bounce house with a slide and then go down the slide you know it blows up with air you know how bounce houses mm. oh, work the bro. air ones the air ones are good uh-huh. better than the non-air ones yeah oh man so oh gosh gosh dude this this isolation quarantine has just been mm-hmm. really trying. So like last week, I don't know if I told you this, but Ian was just like crying in his room. And when we went to like talk to him, he was just like, just like, you know, super, super depressed. And like, I noticed it earlier in the day and I like, I gave him a hug cause he just looked like super sad and depressed. And like, I, I think he's just depressed. He can't see friends. But when I yeah. asked him what's going on, his response was life is meaningless. So 
just just dealing with some wow. like real yeah. heavy stuff over here for a nine year old. Um, Nobody. I don't know if anybody's still listening. If you uh, if you send positive vibes, if you pray, whatever you do for for Ian, that would be super super awesome. Just really worried about him. Yeah, nobody's really talking about like the effects that this is having on a. At least no one's talking in the places I'm listening mm-hmm. uh, about the effects that the that this is having on like children, especially of that age. Um, like my kids, you know, they'll get over it because they're used to only playing with mom and dad um, for the most part, anyways. But like you know, that second, third, and you know, all the way up even to like high school, but even like, oh, I guess high schoolers, they probably are used to like texting their friends right next to them anyways. <laughs> you say that dude, but like Ian's got like a, uh, Ian, Ian has a phone. He has an iPad. He has like a, he has iMessage. He iMessages his friends. He's got like the Facebook messenger for kids. So he can Facebook messages his friends who are a Facebook on... messenger for kids. Yeah. So he can Facebook wow. message his friends who aren't on the Apple ecosystem and like, it's it's still just taking a real toll on him. Like his best friend lives next door and we were letting him like throw like a lacrosse ball around with him for a while. And then like we just had to say we had to put a stop to it just because he went and played at the playground one day. And it's just like you can't go to the playground right now. Like, yeah, like that's like the virus can live on like steel for like what, like three days and on plastic for two days. It's like you, you just can't go there. Like we don't know who else has been there. We don't know who they've been exposed to. And man, it's just, it's real tough. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Corinne's, um, Corinne's, uh, not Corinne, Charlie's best friend, our neighbor, uh, her dad called me and was like, Hey, do you guys want to come over and like watch Sonic? Uh, I rented it or whatever to watch. And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. You know, love to. And then I like talked to Corinne and she's like, uh, no, we, are now like taking this super serious so well, especially your wife works in healthcare and she works with older people well corinne hasn't been working in like two weeks but she hasn't um, gone in at all oh, okay she, i didn't realize you've been that long wow. she went in once to see an elderly patient and then that was it she's been like going in but not seeing she's only been seeing like patients who um absolutely need physical therapy and so far that it's only been one person that hasn't like Mm-hmm. not like canceled their appointment um which so she's done as of today yeah. anyways so um but no uh the next door neighbor works in the emergency room so that's why we don't want to go to their house because we're not sure of like what her decontamination protocols are in terms well, of like, even with all the best decontamination like there's still just a chance of you know it like the mask wasn't on right or you know who knows why oh absolutely 100 percent and um and i know that like she's almost at this point specifically seeing people who think they might have it coming in oh man that's so rough oh, man no we hate to leave everybody on a real bummer but I, we do have to wrap it up stay safe out there um are you, are you watching anything steve are you uh reading anything listening to anything Ozark season three dropped. Did you watch that? I started it. Um, my wife has been staying up later now that she doesn't have to go to work in the morning and she hates dark television or movies. So I've not been able to get mm-hmm. past more than the first episode because she's like, is that Ozark? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, 
turn that off. <laughs> so I was like, I, I, I pulled the iPad out and I put my headphones in. Turn it oh, off. Trust me, I want to watch it on my iPad, but I can't find my dang AirPods anywhere. You are wearing headphones on your head right now. You don't need the AirPods. Uh, my iPad doesn't take a normal headphone jack like these headphones. You have lightning connected <laughs> headphones that came with your last iPhone. Uh, yep, yeah, somewhere. Somewhere, Steven. Hey, let's, um, let's adjust I'm just, the lighting on this. I'm just still watching Archer. Uh, I'm in Archer mm. 1999, which is like a space-themed season. So, like, the whole... I think I mentioned, like, the whole premise was, like, Archer's in a coma. And so now, like, each season's, like, a dreamscape sort of thing. Mm. And uh, it's just really good, dude. It's just really good. Like, the jokes from all the previous seasons are, like, being recycled, like, through, like, the characters. But, like, in a fun way that's kind of like watching Back to the Future 2, where it feels like it's additive and not subtractive from, like, the, the general feel. Um, right. You know? And so, like, it just... It's, it's got me laughing a lot. And I had taken like a three or four year break from Archer um, because Hulu, for some reason, didn't have like the episodes or something or Netflix didn't. I forget what it was. But now that I'm back on it, like I'm just I've been laughing out loud while watching that show. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Can we talk quickly about finances? Did you apply yet Sorry, for what? the SBA $10,000 finances loans? Not yet. No. I talked to my financial advisor, uh, bookkeeper, and he uh, recommended it. He said he himself applied for it. Mm -hmm. So he also cool, cool. said that if you have multiple businesses, like if you have Redwood Lane and Jen Van Elk, like you could technically apply twice. Mm, no, because of the way we set them up. They're technically all a part of one business, so... Gotcha. They're like different businesses nested inside of another business. You're the old Russian nesting doll. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how we chose to set them up. So um, That's how ours is set up. So McKibben Photography is the parent company. And then you have Dustin and Corinne. You have Big Burrito and Union Chapel. It's like all under. If you broke them apart the right way when doing like the nesting thing, I think you could still do that where like you could apply for whatever. But I, I don't think we broke it apart in such a way. Because it's not like each one is its own LLC or whatever. It's like uh, each one is like a um, technically, I think, a DBA of the original LLC as core. So, see what he said. I could do too. Is the other one could be our rental property company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be smart. All right, dude. We should call this quits because we still got to do Stephen doesn't save the world. So, uh, mm -hmm. good night, buddy, Ooh. and good night, everybody. Ooh. Still watching on the live stream. Good night, everybody. Build Trump's wall. Keep Dustin in America. <laughs> Make Dustin great again. Keep him in. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs.